From Radio Cayman's Newsroom, I'm Shanda Gallego with your latest news. The Cayman Islands is open for business and our economy is absolutely growing again. Premier the Honorable Wayne Panton paints a picture of success at this year's Royal Fidelity Economic Outlook. He tells attendees Cayman's economic growth, as measured by GDP, was 3.7% in 2022, 4% in 2021, a stark contrast to the 5.1% contraction in 2020. This is not just about GDP recovery. It's about the creation of jobs, the restoration of confidence, Um, Our economy has created more than 8,900 jobs relative to the pre-pandemic period of 2019. When compared to the low of 2020, our economy has added 14,700 jobs. The unemployment rate for Caymanians is at a record low of 3.6%. Overall, our unemployment rate is 2.1%. I think it hasn't been at that level in decades. In his 45-minute address, the Premier said, while our success is clear, it is important to ensure that economic growth contributes to our quality of life and rather than degrading it. He discussed the importance of addressing cost-of-living issues like housing and highlighted concerns about ensuring a sustainable future for the islands. The opposition labels the pact-led government's recently published cargo port development strategic outline case as, quote, flawed. Radio Cayman's Carsley Fuller reports. Leader of the opposition, the Honorable Roy McTaggart, agrees the cargo port needs to be modernized, but tells Radio Cayman by not addressing crews, the port project cannot be funded without raising port fees or setting up an entirely new revenue stream. Any standalone cargo port proposed by government will come with environmental consequences, but will also come with high costs that will be borne by the country and by consumers. Indeed, the government's strategic outline case states, I quote, under normal circumstances with cruise revenues, the Port Authority could have accomplished the improvements at the cargo dock over six years without any borrowing, but funding any form of expansion or development from current cargo revenues alone is just not possible unless fees were raised significantly. Mr. McTaggart says the focus should be on persuading the cruise companies to bring smaller ships to Cayman over the next few years and seek to have them here 12 months of the year to even out the passenger flow and maintain local tourism numbers. Having a walk-off, walk-on cruise pair may incentivize them to do so. Involving them directly with financing and building a cargo and cruise dock with repayment coming from cruise passenger head taxes will avoid the financing costs to the country and the need to increase port fees and thus the cost to the the consumer to pay for a standalone cargo facility. And it will improve and modernize our cruise tourism product. Mr. McTaggart suggests a public-private partnership with the cruise companies and an effort to keep the cargo port at its current location and just adjust the SOC to accommodate smaller cruise ships to berth. Repayment of the build and financing arrangement could be from the head tax charge to arriving cruise passengers. A public-private partnership with the cruise lines will not only guarantee our cruise business over the long term, but will avoid increasing port fees to pay for a financing arrangement for a new standalone port. This, in turn, avoids increased costs to consumers. Keeping both facilities in one location also keeps costs down compared with the split locations for cargo and cruise tourism. Reporting for Radio Cayman News, 
I'm Carsley Fuller. Nine cruise line executives were invited by the Ministry and Department of Tourism this week to participate in a destination familiarization exercise. The execs were treated to a virtual tour of the Cayman Islands to discuss the changes to the tourism landscape due to the pandemic. The visit also served as conduit for discussion around experience diversification. Tourism Minister the Honorable Kenneth Bryan says that includes the Port Zeus project planned for Cayman Rack as well as the Waterfront Tourism Experience project. Speaking of cruise lines, the Florida Caribbean Cruise Association Operations Committee was also on the ground this week. The organization is planning to host their PAMAC conference in June. According to the FCCA post on Facebook, in addition to stakeholder meetings, they conducted site inspections and explored new tour offerings, all with the goal of improving the guest experience and making the Cayman Islands a, quote, top Caribbean cruise destination. In other local news... Health City Cayman Islands brings cancer care closer to home with its grand opening of its new radiation oncology center. Health City's radiation oncology center has been envisioned to be a comfortable and modern setting that utilizes advanced equipment to ensure optimal patient treatment. Among the services to be offered are external beam radiation therapy, stereotactic radio surgery, electron therapy, and in 2024, the team from Health City will be looking to include other services to their list of offerings. During this morning's ribbon-cutting and grand opening ceremony, Minister for Health and Wellness, the Honorable Sabrina Turner, noted the new Health City Kamada Bay Radiation Oncology Center is a $100 million investment that will offer an additional 70,000-square-foot expansion to their medical campus, and it will help to bring their services to another part of the Cayman Islands. This endeavor also affords Health City the opportunity to offer equitable access evidence-based best practices inform multidisciplinary cancer care to our people right here at home. The provision of world-class service by an experienced and trusted team will allow residents to consider another treatment option that will require fewer logistical hurdles while giving them the opportunity to undergo treatment with the full complement of their local support system should they choose to access these services right here on island. Officials also announced the next phase of the project will honor the legacy and spirit of Health City's founding director, the late Jean Thompson, by naming the Radiotherapy Center after him. Attendees got a chance to view the Radiation Oncology Center, the first phase of its fully integrated cancer care center in Kamana Bay, the first of its kind in the Cayman Islands. Under the Ministry of Home Affairs, the Department of Community Rehabilitation, DCR, launches a new electronic risk assessment and case planning tool called GEARS. Radio Cayman's April Cummings has more. GEARS, which stands for Global Institute of Forensic Research Electronic Assessment and Reporting System, will be utilized as an integral part of the DCR offender management process to provide electronic risk assessment and case management support. Acting Director of the Department of Community Rehabilitation, Melissa Rivas, says with the implementation of the GEARS platform, DCR will be able to identify what local factors contribute to offending by an individual and triage what intervention is needed to support 
report and reduce the likelihood of reoffending. In addition to offender management services and programs, DCR provides four core services across the justice system. Preparation of reports for the judicial system, His Majesty Cayman Islands Prison Service and the Conditional Release Board, delivery of intervention and rehabilitation programs to address skills deficits, and supervision of offenders focused on change work to reduce the risk of reoffending. They also provide victim support services across the criminal justice system. April Cummings, Radio Cayman News. And we'll leave you with this one. The Cayman Islands government launches the Sustainable Development Goals Analysis Project. Radio Cayman's Felicia Rankin-Solins has the details. The new project launched by the Ministry of Sustainability and Climate Resiliency is to enhance awareness and understanding of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals within the Cayman Islands government with the ultimate goal of identifying priority areas of strategic alignment and local targets under the goals. Premier and Minister of Sustainability and Climate Resiliency Honorable Wayne Panton said the SDGs offer a holistic framework for sustainable development that balances social, economic and environmental considerations, stating these global goals are broad-reaching and lofty. They call for peace and prosperity for people and planet now and into the future. The SDGs offer a holistic framework for achieving sustainable development that benefits current and future generations. The project will include a survey to to all civil service staff, training for key civil service leaders, analysis to map ongoing efforts against the CDGs, a gap analysis, and final recommendation on five to seven goals that should be considered as priority areas of focus up to May 2025. I'm Felicia Rankin-Solins. The final report is expected at the end of May this year. That is your latest local news from Radio Cayman's Newsroom. I'm Shanda Gallega.